He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined on this fine... Was it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. <laughs> I just I just had a conversation with my daughter. Tomorrow is Donut Thursday. So today is, in fact, Wednesday. My guest today on the other line is somebody who I don't talk to often enough. He's really effing good at what he does. He covers the Hawks for Locked on Hawks. He writes about basketball for Dime. Um, and, and is just... He's, you know... You cover the Braves also, right? For I do, for... I do cover the Braves. I do all kinds of stuff, but uh, in, yeah. the NBA, in the NBA world, it's uh, it's locked on Hawks in time. But yes, I do cover the Braves too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you're one of those because I, I came up this way too. Basically, in this industry, I was just like anywhere I can get a byline. <laughs> yeah, and and so like it started out as <laughs> Dodger stuff, and I've moved away from it. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, coming up and, and covering the Dodgers and covering the Lakers and then, you know, for a little while, cover the Clippers or whatever. It was just like wherever you need me, as long as I can get paid to talk about or write about sports. Cool. Um, and that's why I've always like really respected the way that you go about your stuff. So thank you very much for hopping on, man. It is my pleasure. Uh, I, I have a feeling, as I joked today, that we'll be talking a lot about the Hawks, like deep bench guys, like really huge detail on guys that Lakers fans don't care at all about. Seth Lundy is my guy. We'll talk about him a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, mm-hmm. but I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. No, yeah, we, we, we for sure. We're going to get way into the weeds on on uh, rotation choices. Rotations. And, yeah, and exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason, obviously, that we are talking about this, the Lakers and the Hawks are have been embroiled in talks, uh, I would say, off and on for a few weeks now, um, talking about DeJounte Murray. They've also, you know, there have been various iterations of the trade, you know, most often and the closest, I believe, that they got to pulling off a trade was uh, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Huchifino, the 29 first, maybe some additional draft capital with Murray going back to the Lakers. Um, apparently, and, and this is where I'm kind of curious if you'd like to fill in some of the gaps here. Apparently at some point, the focus became then about Austin Reeves. And that's when initially, at least the talks broke off. They've since resumed, but the Hawks are still kind of standing on their business and, and, and demanding Austin Reeves. There's been some stuff about like, you know, we can, we're not really interested in D'Angelo Russell. Can you find a third team for him? But I, I do think it winds up kind of circling back to a desire to employ Austin Reeves rather than whatever else the Lakers have to offer here. What, where am I missing from your side of, of coverage here? No, I think it's a really good synopsis. I think, you know, I don't know how close it got, but there there was a time, I don't know, a week and a half ago where it felt mm-hmm. like it was like almost not necessarily imminent, but close. You know what I mean? I was yeah. getting I was getting calls, getting texts like, hey, be ready if something has something happens here. Yep. And it didn't happen. And you know, that's kind of what happens. It's it's the NBA trades fall through. I always say on my podcast to the frustration of Hawks fans that trades are hard to make. They just they just are. They don't seem hard to make. But when you have all the different parties involved, you got ownership involved, especially on the Hawks side, a very active owner that's involved. You have agents involved and all these front office voices on all sides. And it, it could be hard. So, yeah, I think what you said makes sense. I think that the reported structure 
is the most likely structure in the end if this happens would be you know exactly what you kind of laid out there russell in the pick for sure and then some combination of huchifino or max christie or whatever it whatever it is the hawks i think smartly ask for austin reeves Mm -hmm. i think the lakers are not going to do austin reeves it seems and that's a, a, a very natural thing like it's it can be frustrating but if you're the hawks and I guess I'll speak on the Hawks side. Um, why wouldn't you ask for Austin Reeves? Like, yeah. I don't think I actually don't think that Austin Reeves is the best fit in Atlanta. I think he and Trey Young would not fit well together. Mm-hmm. But put put that to the side for a second. Yeah. Asset wise, you know, value wise, trade value. How do how, how you want to say that? Austin Reeves is very clearly the best thing that the Lakers can offer outside of LeBron and AD, which they're not going to offer. So it's it's like, why wouldn't you ask for that? The Hawks yeah. asking price to other teams has basically been in some form or fashion, two first-round picks and a player or something else, the Lakers don't have two first-round picks, which we all yep. know. So it's like you have to sort they of have like a together. pseudo first-round pick in Hood Shafino, but he's not. Like the, but, the but pick you know is how this a valuable is. thing. Yeah, yeah, you know how this is, though, with, you know, Hood Shafino is a, is, a, is a real prospect. That's, that's a real guy. He's a sweetener. But it's the drive-off-the-lot thing. You know, when you're a mid-to-late first-round pick a year ago, your value in trade, if you haven't done anything, which he hasn't, it's not his fault he hasn't done anything, but he hasn't done anything, your value is not a first rounder anymore. Like you, you're kind yeah. of valued as a second, as a high, maybe a, maybe a good second round pick, something like that. So, and then the Russell thing, which I'm sure, which I'm sure we'll talk about is why the Hawks have no desire to take D'Angelo Russell from what I hear. And that just makes logical sense. It's not even about D'Angelo. Yeah. Like he's, D'Angelo's a fine player. I'm not the biggest D'Angelo guy, but like he is objectively a fine value on that contract. He does good things on offense, et cetera. But in Atlanta, you don't need D'Angelo Russell when you have Trey Young on your team. So yeah, it's this very logical standoff. So I, th- I think you're in the right place there. Um, there are other ways to kind of do it. You know, early on, the, early on, I was wondering if they might get in, uh, sort of involved with Rui as the matching salary. Like there, there are other ways. But I think that at the end, the Hawks are probably going to hold out as long as they can. And there are other teams involved here. It's not it's not just the Hawks and the Lakers. That's that's always important to remember too. Like there are other yeah. teams. But if it is the Lakers, I think it's going to be something close to what you lay out there and what's been reported and hopefully if you're the Hawks like you're trying to set up a situation where you can send Russell somewhere else either as part of the trade or immediately after if you do it if you do it soonish you could kind of do the Kyle Lowry like the trade for him and then Mm -hmm. yeah wait wait a week and then do it again but if it comes down on February 7th it kind of has to be a three-team deal so I'm done rambling but I think your uh your your feel there is correct um there are all kinds of whispers out there but the loudest ones are essentially that that pick's going to be in the in, in, any, in any trade, obviously, and then whatever sweeteners, and then one matching salary, whether it be and probably going to be Russell. Yeah, the Russell aspect of this is interesting because, um, like you said, like you mentioned, the fit between Reeves and Trey. I actually think Atlanta would probably flip Reeves in a separate deal and see what they could get for him. I think Reeves, like on his own, is probably worth like a. Like a first round pick, probably if 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 like yeah. if it was just somebody interested in in Reeves, um, and and I think that's probably the direction they would go because if you have if you have Trey Young and Austin Reeves in your backcourt, you weren't defending anything. Uh, <laughs> so. I, I, I I totally agree, and that's like it's something that's hard to convey to to Hawks fans even like why are they asking for Austin Reeves? And it's like well because that's something the Lakers can offer that has real value. It doesn't mean you have yeah. to keep him long term, but you know if the choices are you can have you know. D'Angelo Russell and one and a pick, or you can get Austin Reeves and something like you would rather have Reeves, even 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 if they have no interest in keeping him, you're better off doing that. Same thing as Russell. If they can find a situation where they can flip Russell for non-negative value, that yeah. would sweet that would sweeten things. It doesn't make it it's not it's not a huge thing, but it's different than if you have to pay to get off of Russell. And that, that becomes a sticking point, which is where I think we might be at the end of the day. 
Like yep. the Hawks are not going to take D'Angelo Russell and then also send something out with him to get off his contract. That that becomes yep. a negative. Yeah, I think uh, that's where I think you know if this was to happen or if this would happen, the Lakers would have to send out extra draft capital to like Orlando is a team that I've kind of kept my eye on right with the Gary Harris deal there. He and Trey Young make more sense together than D'Angelo Russell, and that's expiring. Yep. You have the expiring contracts that like Brooklyn has on their books as well. Um, and D'Lo has gone and had some success, obviously, in Brooklyn as well. So they're another team that I've keep I've I've kept an eye on. The Lakers, this is what this is where, like, if we don't, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but it's usually in a situation like this where a you know, two teams are kind of circling each other in the way that the Hawks and Lakers are. Usually what a GM will do is they'll reach out to a team that they've done business with before and be like, hey, can you just can you just help us out of here? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and and I think uh, and I think in this case, that would be Orlando, who uh, the Lakers made a deal with last year from Obama. Um, And I think Rob would kind of call and say, hey, what do you what do you need? Just like a second round. Do you want the Clippers second rounder for for, you know, for this next uh, draft or whatever? help us out and, and help us make this thing happen. Um, I am, I even before I, I probably should have done this right from the get. Why? Like, <laughs> wait, 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 I, I, so essentially when I, when I call around and I ask around, cause obviously I have people I talk to, you know, closer to the Lakers and I have other people that I talk to around, around the league. And when I ask people around the league, what is going on here? I get so much head scratching. Because it's just like, we don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I don't know how you rebuild on the fly with Trey Young. How, what is going on? Like, what are, what's your sense of what they're trying to accomplish here? It is a kind of a high wire act to your point. And also it depends on who you ask and who you talk, even around the Hawks, which are of course my best sources are around the Hawks. Even then, like it's not, it's hard to get a straight answer, which may, which makes some sense on some level. They don't want to reveal their whole plan and get boxed in, but it is interesting to me because they have. I'll do the short Hawks version. They have these three picks that they owe to San Antonio, right, for the Dejounte Murray trade originally, mm-hmm. and they're it's it's two picks and a swap in the middle, and they're all unprotected. So essentially, they don't have their draft for three years, twenty five through twenty seven. So not this year, the next three after that. Mm-hmm. It makes it really hard to do like a full blown rebuild, right? Right. Um, for no instance, point you know, in tanking, you can't yeah, lose. Ex- exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for all of the, the every six month report that we get about the Lakers being interested in Trey Young that we always get, it was uh, mm-hmm. th- this week. It was from it was from McMenamin. It was Johan. It was Johan last year, and it's not wrong. They're obviously going to. I be did interested. it before too. Like, yeah, you I'm know, not, the whole like not, hold on to the 29 pick and see if you can go. Yeah, and get him. yep. But f- for all of that, like the Hawks, yeah. I don't think that for me, I wouldn't do that anyway. But. There is a school of thought like, hey, let's just blow this whole thing up. But the, the hold up yeah. on that is it's hard to do that if you can't bottom out and get your own picks to be good, right? right. So put that that on the table. They still believe in Trey Young. Trey Young is still very, very good. Um, polarizing player as he is. But they they did reach conference finals with, with Trey Young. I don't think that was necessarily indicative of their talent level that year. They had some good fortune. But they were playing at a really high level. And he was the best player on a Final Four team. That did happen. And they're anchored to yeah. that. And also, this is something that Lakers fans won't really understand. Trey Young is the best player on the Hawks in 30 years. It, it's it is. I mean, you, you could argue yeah. Joe Johnson, you could argue Al Horford. I get it. You could argue to come to come in the 90s. As far as like the Pistons star, would argue Josh Smith. Sure. <laughs> you could argue like star <laughs> wide. And look, I'm sure I'm trying to give you a little bit of the picture here. Like 
yeah. that's also part of this too if you're if your ownership and you're the city you know trade does not have 100 percent approval rating in the city anymore i would say like there are skeptics out there and I, I don't blame them necessarily but he does have a star power that no one in the city has had since dominique wilkins so all that yeah. said they're not ready to trade Trey Young. I think I think it's going to be Trey's going to have to ask for a trade if that happens for it to get done. Maybe that'll happen in the future, but that's why they're trying to do this retooling effort on the fly. In short, they can't really rebuild. They don't want to rebuild. They have Trey. They like Jalen Johnson, who's been really good this year. He's kind of the other untouchable guy. It's Trey and Jalen, and the problem is, for a long time, the Hawks have kind of kicked the can down the road. Like since the yeah. conference finals run, what all they've really done is retain their own guys at market value. Not like disastrous contracts, but like they're paying full price to retain their guys mm -hmm. every time. And then they wait too long to trade them. So John yeah. Collins, perfect example, really good player, paid him what he was worth basically on the market. Didn't squeeze him at all. It was never a terrible contract. Right. He was fine. Didn't yeah. squeeze him at all though. Like they, he was restricted and they didn't really try to, you know, pull him like in the subways that some people will do that. They just paid him and then they dragged it out for three years. Yeah. Click Capella, they extended for two years when they, did, when they kind of didn't have to. He was really good in the conference finals run. Huge reason why they did that. But now he's almost 30 and he's not the same player anymore. And they haven't traded him. They yeah. dropped a center at a Kongu at six overall. And they still have him and Capella on the team after four years. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. DeAndre right. Hunter, same thing. So I'll go shorter. But it's hard to retool, too, because you have all these guys that are, at the very least, properly paid. Maybe even overpaid at this point. Your Capellas, your Hunters, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like hard to pivot like, like with they're overpaid because their contracts like you know escalated right yeah, it's not it, that like when they signed their deals i never looked at it, it as like yeah i that is a terrible contract it's just that you find yourself in a spot where that core has reached its ceiling or maybe you know right. reached it before and and now you're trying to retool exactly and so there's that's that's the short version but also like they haven't been that good that, that's really what it comes down to is that they've been they're not in the tax but because they have intentionally ducked the tax or else they would be there they've kind of one time per year the last two or three years they have traded someone for tax sure. savings and made their team worse in the process mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. it was john collins this last year it was kevin Herter two years ago and that's where you get stuck in the middle to where they're they're the 10 seed right now as we're talking um they have been in the play in the previous two years um there isn't a lot of evidence that this is going to be a core that's going to be what they thought they were going to be um and that's to the other reason like on the why front about Murray is that they made that kind of not all in, but they pushed a lot of chips in for Murray. They paid a lot. They probably overpaid the consensus. I don't know about you. When I, when that, when that deal happened around the league, people were like, man, that's a lot for DeJounte Murray. Like it's a yeah. lot. It wasn't yeah. like ridiculous, but it was like, man, they, it's like 110% of the asking, you know what I mean? It was like, well, the, it, it I, happened around the time of like the Gobert deal. So every yep. first rounder, like if any, anybody was getting moved, it was for like every first rounder you ever had in your like second son or something like that. that. That's it was right. Like, it was, it was insane. And I remember I was talking to an executive executive even back then. And they were like, the way that we're trading these first, we're going to have to add another round of the draft because yeah. nobody's going to have any draft picks soon. <laughs> no, it's right. Oklahoma city. Yeah, the, the timing of that and, you know, they at, at the end of the day, they paid more than they should have for DeJounte and that. But yeah. the thing is, if it works, nobody cares. That That's always yeah. the that's the NBA world. If the move, if the, if the overpay works, then no one minds. But if the, overpay, if the overpay doesn't work and by the way, they've somehow been generously the same team. They've actually been worse. Um, yeah, that's not that's not Murray's fault, but they their results in the last year and a half have been worse than they were in the previous year or two before that. And that's not where you want to be after you pay three for three, basically three picks to get a guy. So 
that leaves them in the middle and that's why they're doing it. And then there's the other issue of fit. And I firmly believe, which I'm sure you're going to ask me at some point, I think DeJounte Murray needs to be on a team where he is the point guard and has the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not what it's everyone to be in Atlanta. He's done a valiant job actually offensively of growing his game as a shooter. Um, you know, he's, he's done some stuff that's been helpful on that end of the floor, but you even see it when Trace, when Trace sits on the bench in the middle of games, like DeJounte's, it's almost like his eyes light up. Like he's, a, he's a yeah. different player when he's the guy mm-hmm. on the court and not necessarily the best player, but the guy with, with the ball, the point guard yeah. in LA, you know, it's different with LeBron and AD who are obviously better players than he is, but they're not point. Like LeBron's kind of a point guard sometimes, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Him and Trey are just so they overlap so much and Trey's just better at that offensive stuff than Murray is. So the fit doesn't work there. Defensively, the, the fit hasn't worked. And again, the team success, you know, no one's having fun when you're underperforming. And the Hawks have underperformed this for the entirety of the DeJounte Murray era. They have been below where they were supposed to be. And like yeah. all, all that gets thrown in the blender and it's like the vibes are bad and here we are. Yeah, it, it, when you when you kind of frame it that way, it makes more sense. I don't know, and especially when you mentioned the fact that they don't have control over their own picks, because like if they did, I think it would be a pretty clear spot to trade Trey. Um, but if they, seeing as they don't, then... You know, you, you see what you can do to retool around him. Murray is this interesting kind of player because he's enjoying like way above average shooting this year for, for like compared to the rest of his career. And that terrifies me as a Laker fan because every player seems to come to LA and forget how to shoot. Um, and, 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 you know, we saw that with uh, Dennis Schroeder where with OKC, he had a great shooting year. The Lakers went and brought him in and uh, there were things that he did well. And I think now people have like kind of a, they, they look at him with some kind of rosy colored glasses because his replacement Gabe Vincent hasn't done anything, literally not anything this year, Yeah. but like it was at times kind of clunky between uh, Schroeder when he, especially when he wanted to start and LeBron and AD and, 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 and just kind of making it all work with um, Murray. The thing that I like about it, especially if the Lakers are able to, and my, my, guess is that they find some deal here uh if a deal happens like they I, I can for sure tell you based off of the people that i've spoken to they are not including austin in this trade like that is i don't i i've heard the same i mean you have better Lakers sources yeah. than i do but i yeah. would, I, i've said for a while I, I will be very very surprised if reeves is in the deal i, I just i never saw that as a, i get again I, I get why the hoss have asked but i also yeah. understand the lakers are, they're just not going to do it so but um yeah, you're right. They should ask. It's, you know, it's it's good asset management and, and all those things. Um, but I the thing I like about the Reeves and Austin pairing is that, you know, and, and this isn't necessarily the case with the uh no, what did I say? No, the uh Murray and Austin trade uh, pairing, not not the Reeves <laughs> and Austin pairing. That would be a singular player. But um with Murray and Austin. Austin has shown a proclivity to move off of the ball. Like if he, if like that's when, when D'Angelo Russell started playing better lately, it's because Austin stepped back and said, here, you go do that thing over there. And I'll, I'll, you know, work is more of a connector here. And, and like you said, you can't really do that with Trey young when he's the better player. And because of Murray's kind of shooting issues, that's made it kind of complicated over the course of his time in Atlanta to make that work. Um, but in those in those final moments, though, at the end of games, when LeBron has the ball in his hands, um, <clears throat> how successful do you think Murray would be operating off of the ball off of LeBron, which isn't necessarily the same thing 
no. is operating off of Trey, but 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 still, it is it is being a more of a connector. Do you think he can do those things? I think it is a better fit. It is not a perfect fit. Is the way that I've, yeah. I've been saying it to people. Like I think he does make sense in LA in general on offense. Um, but you know, you mentioned the shooting this year. I think he is genuinely a better shooter than he's ever been. I think he's worked on it. I think that his mechanics, his mechanics are better. I, I think that he knew in Atlanta, um, whether he wanted to or not, I think he kind of knew that he was going to have to figure it out off the ball more and be a catch and shoot guy and take more threes. Yeah. You know, Quint Snyder came in and basically pushed him out. DeJounte loves mid-rangers, man. He loves a mid-ranger. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he'll tell you, like, he, he's, he, he and, and by the way, he's one of the few guys, he's not as good as, like, KD, but he is actually one of the few guys who is good enough where that shot's not terrible. You know what I mean? He's yeah. actually really good at that shot. But Especially when he's playing point and he's being guarded by, like, 6'1", six, 6'2", six, guys. Yes. He can shoot over guys. He's pretty long. But, yeah, to your point, at point guard makes more sense. But, yeah, I, I don't think he's a true talent 39% three-point shooter which is what he currently mm -hmm. is. As you and I were talking, that's where he is for this year. I would bet the under on that as far as like his yeah. actual baseline. Um, but I do think that his baseline is better than it was before. Like if you look at his career numbers, they're like in the low, like 33 range. I can't remember where it is right now for yeah. his career, but it's pretty ugly. He wasn't a total non-shooter in San Antonio, but he was not a good shooter in San Antonio. He's come, he's come a long way, but I think ultimately he still is most comfortable in the mid range and off the dribble. He'll shoot a catch and shoot. I think, um, you know this, there's that power of LeBron where like guys are more willing to just buy in a little bit more because they just kind of know yeah. that's LeBron. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of I kind of buy that with Murray, whereas like I don't think it's like a, a rivalry thing with with Murray and Trey, but like Trey doesn't have the same, you know, it's they're, they're, they're at the same position. Like it's it's kind of yeah. they kind of overlap so much, whereas LeBron is LeBron. Um, so yeah, long story. I, I think that DeJounte is a threat. He gets guarded. That's that's important too. But I, I think that I would be interested to see him, and we'll never know this for a couple more years. Like, I want to know what his large sample shooting numbers look like now that he's a different shooter. I, I do think that it's going to be worse than it's been so far this year, but he can knock down jumpers off the, off, off of the catch and also just kind of be a second side creator. The one thing that will frustrate you if, it, if this deal happens, though, is that he is not a quick reaction guy. He likes to mm. catch and hold. He's a catch and hold and survey guy. Oh, which boy. is not the – but, yeah, that's the one thing. And that's going to drive LeBron crazy, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh Maybe and again, maybe I'd be different in in LA. But his his natural inclination, dating back years, and it's gotten him a long way, is to catch and hold and survey. He's been better at taking shots because they've, they've encouraged him to shoot faster, shoot faster. But he does at the end of the day, he likes to dribble and he likes to take mid rangers and kind of be uh, someone who cooks on his own, for instance. Well, that makes me a little nervous. That <laughs> is because uh... <laughs> because the thing with the thing that I was actually excited about with Gabe. Um, and I talked about this with Pete back when, when they made the signing was uh, Gabe's ability to operate within different sized windows, right? Yeah. If he, if he has time, if it's early enough in the clock and he can take four or five dribbles, he can do that. Obviously he's a point guard, but if there's, if the ball rotates over to him and, and the, and the situation calls for a quick swing to the corner, or quickly pulling or attacking a, sh a, a closeout, um, he can do those things as well. And uh, that would be something that would make the fit a little more tricky. I don't think it would be a deal breaker. I I also think, and this is where um, I don't think we do a very good job in analyzing guys in these kinds of trade talks and stuff like that, um, realizing how much a situation impacts a player, right? So. Oh, yeah. Uh, lately, we I keep on hearing about how Murray hasn't defended since like the Trump administration. And it's like <laughs> okay, but 
it's difficult to defend at a high level when your guard mate is Trey Young, you know, just like it's what's hurt the Lakers a ton this year is that they've started D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves as the backcourt. And it doesn't matter who they have at the, the small forward. Yeah. Vanderbilt gives you more of a chance, but it's really difficult to make up for that much that that many options for a defense to really kind of pick on. Um, do you think, Murray has slipped as a defender has slipped uh, athletically, or do you think in the right situation, he could go back to being more of the defender that we saw uh, while he was, a, while he was a spur. Yeah. So that's, that's the million dollar question in a lot of ways, honestly. And it's one that I will admit, like, I don't think we could possibly know the answer in full. Like yeah. I have an idea. I've seen every minute of his Hawks career. Um, and look, the, the reports of his defense being worse are, are true. He has not been a good defender yeah. in Atlanta. He, he has not. Now, there are context things. Um, yes, Trey is there. Um, I actually think Trey's actually been a little bit, actually more than a little bit. He's actually been kind of okay-ish this year defensively. Mm -hmm. Not good, but he never, he'll never be good, but he's been better. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's like the Damian Lillard thing. I'm shooting for average. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> Let yeah, me be average you would and I'll love, be great on offense. You would love average, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Murray has gotten, has gotten worse in Atlanta. There actually were rumblings. I don't want to overstate it too much, but when the Hawks made the trade, I called some folks in San Antonio who I trust and watched some film. His last year in San Antonio, he was he was not quite as good either defensively. And mm. by the way, that actually makes sense because he was carrying this like thirty five percent usage level. You remember that's that's that, that was a bad Spurs team, and yeah. he was the, and he was the guy clearly, and he put up a lot of numbers. And but people were like, "Hey, watch his defense," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll watch it." And I was like, "Okay, well, actually, it wasn't that good." And look, this is a very I'm not this is not me caping up for DeJounte Murray, but he came into the league as a late first round pick and was a guy who got on the floor as a defender. Like he was, that yeah. was his, that's how he made his bones. So it's different when that might, I mean, honestly, um, I did a Lakers show recently and it was, it's the cop that actually was thrown to me. And I mix, it's kind of, it's not the same as Austin Reeves, but like, you remember when Austin first broke in and he was playing more defense mm -hmm. than he does now. It's kind of what happens yeah. when, when guys have to get on the floor, they play more defense and they, they kind of know that. Um, I think DeJounte has it in him to be better than he's been in Atlanta. I will say that. I do think that he would be better in LA for two reasons. Number one, he'd be playing point guard. And I think he's better defending point guards. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, he's done, a, he's done that a lot in Atlanta too, because the Hawks hide Trey. You know, they, they don't have Trey guard the point guard every night, unless it's a, a let's just say they're playing Donovan Mitchell or something. DeJounte is the guy that has that assignment, not Trey. So it's, it's a, yeah. it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. But I think that physically, DeJounte has good size for a point guard. He's long, especially for a point guard, but he's really skinny. And like him having to guard wings is not something that you love. He can kind of do it, but it's not his best yeah. trait. And off the ball is where he's been, I think, even worse in Atlanta. It's like, he, you know, he gets beat back cuts and his best trait defensively is playmaking. Like he's always been a really good steals guy, which I think co has yeah. covered up for some of his slippage defensively. He still gets steals. So I think, it, I think in LA, he'd be better for role reasons and also when you have AD behind you, everybody looks a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Hawks, while Click Capella has been good, the current version of Click Capella is not the current version of Anthony Davis. It's not. It's not a thing like that. So, um, and also situation. I mean, I think fresh start. You're always going to get a guy's buy-in. Like when he, especially when he first gets there. If, that, if this happens, yeah. I think you always kind of have that. Like I'm going to prove to you guys. I've been hearing about this defense stuff. I'm going to ramp it up a little bit. You probably see yep. that too. So. I feel I think sorry that, for the guard who like he <laughs> who has to bring the ball up against him that night. That's yeah. Suck. I mean, I, I think the old days of early San Antonio are gone. Mm -hmm. I, that mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's that guy's not there anymore. I don't think 
but I, I do think that he is potentially going to be better somewhere else than he's been in Atlanta. But I, again, I, I don't want to, it's something I, I try to fight against being in the weeds too much, but having watched every minute, like he's not been good in Atlanta. That's, that's not just made up like that. He's yeah. not been a good defender in Atlanta. That's not been, he just hasn't been, it's been disappointing. And that's honestly the theory of the case. The whole thing on the Hawks side was that they were hoping he was going to not single-handedly fix their perimeter defense, but be a huge cog in it. And that didn't happen. Um, but it, again, in LA that, people everybody around him is just it's just a better system it's a better infrastructure defensively and now there are questions you put him next to austin reeves who we talked about earlier not a great defender the same issues yeah. yeah but the rest of the the rest of the situation is better i think in la defensively than it is in atlanta which i'm sure i'm sure would at least help him a little bit yeah if they get hit like what i would look forward to is like a lineup where while austin rests you have like max out there and now you have Dejounte guarding his natural position you have max guarding twos and then you can have a Torian Prince out there who, you know, can defend a wing or, or, or a Rui out there who's a little slower footed and you can make that work and you have, whether it's AD in the middle or whatever, that's a, that's a defensive lineup that I think allows Murray to be Murray. And, and if he's, if he can, like you're talking about make defensive plays rather than be solid um, and, and kind of be the solid piece in the backcourt, I think that's where he would look his best. Um, I also want to spend a little bit of time here before we get you out of here talking about the other guys that, that Atlanta might be looking to move. And, and a, as part of this kind of build a plane while it's in flight rebuild <laughs> that they're trying. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Clint Capella. He has two years on his deal, you know, this year and next year you have DeJounte or Deandre, Deandre Hunter, Lakers legend, Deandre Hunter. That's true. Uh, he has three years after this season on his contract. Yep. Murray's extension kicks in next year. Bogdan has three years after this season as well. Um, I do know that the Lakers have had separate conversations with the Hawks about Bogdanovich specifically. Um, if the deal, if the, 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 such a trade was to expand, right. You could have Rui going to Atlanta. Um, from what you've been able to gather, is there an interest in Rui? He's in kind of a weird spot. Yeah, I honestly, I, I almost asked you earlier when we were talking um, on this on the show. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, I don't really have a good feel. Like at one point, I was thinking they might be interested in Rui, um, not necessarily as a centerpiece, but you know, it's it's they have to match salary, and Rui is an interesting mid tier salary. Um, I don't, I candidly don't know. He kind of makes some sense in Atlanta. He kind of also wouldn't in some ways. Um, yeah. He is kind of those interchange. He's, inter he's an inter interchangeable guy that could be useful. They do value Bogdanovich, though. Not to go down the tangent too much. Like, yeah, I would love to know. He should he's still good? Yeah, well, that's agree. Strongly agree. Bogdanovich is actually, I think, underrated nationally. Like, he's a very, yeah. very good offensive player. Like, very good. Um, and his knee, knock on wood, has held up this year. He's actually been healthy this year. He's had knee issues the last couple of years before this. And because of the the age and the miles, it's a cheap contract. I mean, it's it's a team option at the end. Um, it's actually a very good deal for him at the, in the current mm -hmm. landscape. But, um, and I say that because I'm very sure the Hawks would rather have Bogey than Rui. So you're looking at like extra, you have to get something extra in the deal. It's not like they're, the Hawks are going to value Rui above Bogey. I, I would love to, honestly, going back to our first conversation about this on the show, the Hawks priority level, like the, for the for the short term, because if they're going to even do a slight step back retool job, you would want to trade Bogdanovich. He's a guy that's he's going to be thirty. He's he's you know he's a veteran guy that's not going to get mm -hmm. better. You wouldn't think, but at the same time, he's not one of the guys you always hear the Hawks would like to trade. 
he's available no. he's available to in trade but they 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 know he's good they value him so it's this really interesting back and forth about like what they actually want but um yeah i mean i'd be surprised if it expanded to include murray and bogdanovich in the same deal because just just because of where the lakers are asset wise it's just hard to get like so much to go along with what they'd be sending out aside from austin reeves of course take him off the board for a second if you yeah. just say okay what's it going to take to get murray and bogdanovich I don't know what else they can throw in there. I mean, you're you're talking about swaps and seconds and all, and this, maybe they can get there. I don't know. Um, but if it's like a separate individual deal, I think Bogdanovich would help the Lakers a lot. He's a knockdown shooter. I mean, he's a, he's a great yeah. shooter. He can get, also get his own shot a little bit. Like defensively, he's not good at this point. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I think he yeah. actually, I actually, I think he actually used to be pretty okay. Um, yeah, and he's, he's a bigger like, guard, so like yeah, he's, he's, he's got of, good like, size. Play he's off str- people, but then like yeah. close with your length. Yeah, he's got he's got good long arms. He is pretty strong. He's got like that like, kind of old man strength to him. But yeah, later laterally, it's not good. Um, so I, I won't I won't lie to you, but he would certainly help the offense. He's a really good shooter. So and he's available too. I don't know. If, again, I don't think it's going to be a situation. If I had to guess from what I've heard, that it would be Murray and Bogey in the same deal. But there's a yeah. world where Murray goes somewhere else, and the Lakers come calling like, hey. What about so and so for Bogdanovich? I think the Hawks have to at least at least listen to that. Yeah, they um the other player that I do have real interest in is is Hunter. Hmm. Um he's so fascinating because last <laughs> year when when you guys really or when the Hawks like went on their their bit of a run last year, right? They they did, right? In the second they, half of the they year. They always seem to do that in the second half of the year, yes. Yeah. When when <laughs> when other teams are like kind of tanking or whatever, you have some teams to just like rack up wins or whatever. But but like I thought Hunter was a big part of that. Like I think he got healthy and then was a a, a you know is a is a good wing. There's a reason he got that four year whatever it is 80 million dollar contract that he's currently on. Um and so like for me if you basically just kind of wanted to swap wings or something like that. And uh, with Rui being a little bit cheaper, I think Rui has one year fewer on his deal as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do kind of wonder if Bogdan is off of the, off of the, the table, if these teams do want to expand the deal and one asset that the Lakers could offer here is, well, we'll, we'll take that extra year of Hunter off of your books here. You can have Rui. I think that's a way that they can that they can make this work. Um, like, what, what do you, where do you stand on Hunter? Because again, when he's good, when he's healthy, I think he's legit. But problem is, like, we just don't see it very often. Yeah, I mean, the thing I'd say, just acknowledge right now, is that he hasn't played in about five weeks. He's got a knee issue right now. Um, he's had knee issues before, so that's yeah. not going to help his market. I'll say that. Like, the Hawks have been pretty coy about what. Um, the timeline looks like he's ramping up right now, but again, he's not played in about five weeks and it's yeah. hard to trade a guy when he's not playing. Um, I'm still you, ramping up to my new year's diet, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, aside from that, which and that's a huge factor. I'll just throw, lay that out there now. Um, yeah. I think Hunter is a really, you, you, I think you use the word fast. It's, it's really interesting is like when he's out there, he looks better than he is. If that makes sense. And I, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a negative way, but he's the kind of prototypical six, eight, long arms, strong when he's making jump shots, it looks fantastic. All this stuff. I think yeah. he's like a very average player. And I don't mean yeah. that in a negative way. Uh, there's a lot of teams that could use this, an average six, eight wing. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and, and he's still fairly <laughs> if you're young. going to be average. It's that prototype. Is that yes. what I want you to be average at? Yeah. Like he's an upgrade on touring Prince. He's an upgrade on like that, on the, on that tier of guy. Like he's, he's better than that. Don't let Darvin just, hear you say that. 
He's well, just, he's... listen, I covered, I covered Torian for a long time. I, I, yeah. I got the whole Torian experience. I, I covered, I covered Cam. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, familiar with all these guys. I just don't but, know if you've had the Darvin Ham Torian experience. Well, I probably have not had is... those guys. Uh, I will say Darvin was on the was staff there. in Atlanta with yeah. Torian. Yeah. Uh, oh, I but know. He wasn't, but he, he loves to remind he, us. Oh, it's, <laughs> I, I, I was at all those games. I will say that and just yeah. leave it there for now. But no, I, I think that Hunter is a guy who was like, it's, the consensus that I've gotten is that that contract is a little scary for folks because yeah. it's so long. It's, it's, he yeah. just, this is the first, this is year one of an extension. It's like 490 or whatever it is. It goes up. And when he is healthy, it's a, not a value, but it's like, it's fine. But if you have health concerns, like right now he's out, uh, I think the Hawks would like to move that deal just for almost just for the cap, for this, for the money cap yeah. aspect of it all. I, I hadn't thought necessarily about a swap of Hunter and Rui. I'm, I'm rocking my brand. And I think that would actually kind of make sense for both teams because I think Hunter is better than Rui. I do actually, but I think the year, the year cheaper, uh, sorry, the year shorter and the few million yeah. dollars cheaper would appeal to Atlanta. Also kind of a fresh start on both sides. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So yeah, it's, maybe as, as part of a bigger deal, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not trying to make fun of Hawks ownership, but they, they do like to, pinch on the on the on the end sometimes yeah, i know so uh that would not be the worst <laughs> I, I mean, idea I, in the I, world. I guess i i i i make those same jokes about lakers ownership all the time and it it hurts just a lot more because it's the lakers that are, are yeah are, it is it is a little bit less defensible when you're when you're the lakers and you make <laughs> lots of money and you have lebron on your team that would make it yeah that would not be great necessarily it stings but, it stings yeah. brad it stings um yeah, the other the other player here that um, I'm going to get you know scolded if I don't ask about is Clint Capella. Uh, the Lakers so far have been, I think, like pretty happy with the Christian Wood experience, but hmm. um, a lot of teams tend to be happy early with Christian Wood and then wind <laughs> up not being as happy as that experience goes along. Capella, um, the concern that I have with him is that like if you trade for him, you're you know, you're bringing in a $20 million player who I don't think would close games for you. Yeah. Um, how open to moving, uh, you know, it sounds like they would be a little, so if I had to like scale these players, Bogdan, they know that maybe they should move him, but like they like having him around. I think DeAndre Hunter probably would be happy to get off of that contract. I think Capella kind of fits somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that they are, they have more of an impetus to move Capella because they have a Kongwu on their team who they're they're, yeah. they're trying to evaluate what a Kongwu can be as a starter, as a 30-minute-a-game guy. And Capella is kind of, what I've described, that is kind of, he's kind of too good and too established to just like play tw- like to play 12 minutes a game on a, on a bad team. Yep. Now, if you're the Lakers and you're, number one, you're the Lakers, but number two, like you have the infrastructure and you're, you could say with a straighter face that you're trying to compete right now. I think Clint yeah. would buy in more to a smaller role in a place well, like that. He's at his position. So it would yes. be kind of like it's an easier hey, sell. You aren't like, playing as much because yeah. Anthony Davis is over there, not Christian Okongwu. Yeah. So, you know, I think Okongwu as a kind oh, of Ony- a, Yeah. So, I, yeah. Sorry. I think with Capella, they, they would like to move him right now, but not because they don't like him. Like, I think he's overpaid right now, if I had to guess slightly on that deal, especially if he's not starting, which he wouldn't be in LA. So you would think you would have to be getting, you know, whatever bad salary the Lakers want to get off of Gabe Vincent or whatever, however, however you put that together to get Clint. And it's sort of in a vacuum deal. If it's all yeah. with DeJounte, that's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I think they'd be, they're certainly willing to move him. I agree with your pecking order, by the way, I think bogey is the one they would like to not trade of those three guys. 
The other two, they are very open to for different reasons. I think that they, they still kind of believe in Hunter from by all accounts. It's just that that deal yeah. was a lot of money for a lot of years. If Capella was expiring, they could move him easily and they wouldn't worry about it. It's just that that next year at 22 million or whatever it is, is not a disaster, but like, unless you have a real plan for that guy, that's not going to excite anybody to trade for. So it's like, I think they view him as a guy that they probably like to move and he's been available out there for a long time. They almost traded him to Dallas this summer. They were close on that. And then Dallas kind of, he's felt like such a Dallas player for so long. (laughs) Well, and then Dallas, Dallas basically just decided, you know, we're going to, we're going to go young and they went with Derek lively and they made the right choice in a lot of ways. So, um, anyway, I, I think that would be interesting. I hadn't really thought of the Lakers as a Capella team, but I guess there is a role there. If they wanted to, it wouldn't be a starting role, but I think that there are enough minutes. I would never want to play AD and Capella together if I could help it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he'd be an upgrade on what they have behind AD. It's just whether you want to pay for that and pay $20 million for it, which I, I kind of doubt. But Yeah, I think if the Lakers were to acquire a center, um, like Drummond feels more likely than, than yeah. Capella. I do like the idea of bringing in Capella and having him become an expiring next year, a big expiring next year, especially yeah. if they hold on to their 29 picks somehow, right? Um and you have those three picks plus that expiring and, and whatever contracts you have to send out for, for Trey Young, potentially, uh, according to those reports. Every he's, a, he's, also, he's also very good. And so, so is Bogdanovich. Those guys are very, uh, this is a small thing, but they're very valuable, vet, like, you know, veteran locker room yeah. guys. Both those guys are very, very well regarded. Um, different different guy, personalities, but Bogey and Capella are both very well. I'm not, not, not that Hunter isn't. Hunter's just a, quiet, a super quiet young guy. Yeah. Um, whereas Capella and Bogey are like, a plus a, a plus guys from my, in my experience what I've heard so that's a, that's a small thing but if you're trying to build a winning a win now team around LeBron that can kind of matter so it does it does well Brad this has been an absolute blast I apologize for waiting 41 minutes and 20 seconds to get here but congratulations on your University of of Michigan yeah that, that was great go blue uh, I was. It was uh, it was a fun win, um, you know, for for those five people who are Chargers fans who might be listening to this, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess it it, it leads to a a, a Harbaugh, uh, you know, ha- some happiness there. But no, I, I thank you very much for hopping on, man. Anything that you want to plug before we get you out of here? No, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I, I joke with you offline that I suddenly got a, an uptick in Lakers uh, tweets and requests <laughs> and questions uh, yeah. over the last. I was like, well, I wonder why I'm getting all. I'm just. I'm They're going to keep but, coming. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, especially if a deal happens or gets close or we, yeah, so buckle up. We still got two weeks left, and uh, but there's a lot of, na- I think we kind of laid it out. There's a lot of natural stuff here to talk about, so that's good. I appreciate you doing this. Um, yeah, I host Lost on Hawks podcast. If you are interested in hearing about DeJounte Murray on a daily basis and, until or if he becomes a Laker, you can find that. I read about I read about the entire NBA as well as college basketball and the draft, et cetera, at Dime. What else is there? I, yeah, that's it. Th- those are the places to do uh, basketball things at. So I appreciate you having me. Well, the thing, the thing, so, you know, for those of you who do, and I do say, I, I this is how I operate, basically. If I'm going to talk to a host or if I, if I know that a subject is coming up or a team is coming up, I listen to local podcasts of theirs that I respect. And, and Locked on Hawks is always one of them, not just because you go way back and, and, and we've been doing this for a long time and I've always respected your work, but also because you do the national stuff and you do watch other teams outside of the team that you cover. And I think that really opens up uh, the way that you talk about the Hawks. So um, check out Locked on Hawks. Check out his work over at, at, at Dime as well. And uh, Brad, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks or so after the trade goes through. <laughs> we will see. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> have, have a great day, everybody. I will be back. Uh, tomorrow 
yeah, I believe tomorrow with Jake Fisher. So we will uh, we'll talk to you then.